Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir and praise team, and thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 2 and chapter 4. This morning I, I want to share a good soldier for Christ. A good soldier for Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to read verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Paul is speaking to young Timothy, and he says in verse 3, 2 Timothy 2, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. This morning we've had the honor and the privilege and also the duty to pause and remember thousands and thousands who have experienced the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of our nation. And we need to always remember those who gave their lives in battle, who came home in a draped casket. But not only them, but also those who have come home physically and mentally and financially uh, afflicted because of the pain of war. And so the point is we need to, to love and appreciate and care for those who have served and, and who are serving today in our military. We need to have special concern for the American soldier. However, in 2 Timothy, Paul speaks of another soldier, the soldier of Jesus Christ. He speaks about the soldier of Jesus Christ, the soldier of the cross, one day our lives are going to be over. One day every person in this room will be just a memory to others who are living on this planet. Yesterday I drove through Cedar Tree Cemetery down at uh, Hackleburg and kind of checked on my father-in-law and mother-in-law's grave and just noticed the sea of tombstones in that cemetery. It's a very large cemetery. My parents buried at KP Cemetery in Russell, and now it's a Pathias Cemetery, city cemetery there. Very huge cemetery. But I noticed yesterday down at Cedar Tree, I noticed a lot of, you have the old part and you have the new part in these cemeteries. And the old part, the tombs have turned black. They are marble, but they've blackened over the years, weathered, been weathered over the years, and very seldom can read a name or maybe a, a date. Very few recognizable names on those old blackened markers in the old part. But as I was driving through that cemetery, God spoke to me just in a, his spirit to my spirit. He just simply said, one day you're going to belong to this community. You know, I live in Spears Chapel community has been known as Spears Chapel community. This may be new to some of you just moved here. 
but for years it was known as Spears Chapel Community. And so we all have our little communities. We have the East Franklin Community, and we have the Spruce Pine Community, and Mount Hebron Community. We have all these communities. But eventually we're all going to be a part of that community of the dead. We'll have a tombstone placed somewhere, prayerfully, hopefully. And so when the time comes for you to leave this world... What kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? What are people going to think about when they're reminded of you and your name's mentioned? When people remember what kind of person you were, will they remember that you were a soldier of the cross or a soldier of Christ? Wouldn't that be something to have your epitaph? A soldier for Christ. A soldier for the cross. I don't know anything that would be better said than have that on a tombstone. And so you need to think about that now. Because after you're gone, it'll be forever too late to change anything. And so as Paul's life was coming to an end, he was living in this Roman prison cell. And from that cell, he took some steps to make sure that he would be remembered as a soldier of the cross and so he takes time to write this letter to young Timothy to give him instructions on how to be a good soldier for the Lord so the question is how can I be a good soldier for the Lord how can I be a good soldier for Christ I've used this passage uh, this passage before and it's so it's just outlined there for us in verse 3 and 4 Notice, first of all, to be a good soldier for Christ, for the Lord, you have to enlist in God's army. have to enlist in God's army. Now, if you're taking notes, that should be your first point. Two or three weeks ago, I went to the awards ceremony at Phil Campbell High School. And um, during that awards ceremony, there was five young men that stepped forward, and they had committed themselves to be United States Marines. They were going to enlist in the Marine Corps after graduation. It would be the signing time for them sometime after graduation, and they would be inducted into the Marine Corps. I was speaking to a young lady last week down at Guthrie's, and she had a shirt on that said, Marin Academy. And I said, oh, did you go to school there? And she said, yes, went to school there. She said, uh, I said, so what's your plans after school? And she said, I'll leave for the Marines and uh, on June the 20th. So she had committed herself to the Marines. So no one can be an American soldier until they enlist. There's this enlistment period there, enlistment time. No one can be a soldier for the Lord until first you enlist in the army of the Lord. You say, well, how do I do that, Brother Samuel? How do I enlist in his army? Well, it's very simple. You enlist the very moment that you receive Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior. If you've done that, you're in the army of the Lord. You're in the army of the Lord. So you admit that you're a sinner, that you cannot save yourself. You believe the gospel about Jesus, the good news about Jesus, that Christ came and He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. He arose again. He ascended back to the Father. One day he's coming back. But you believe that with all of your heart. You confess that with your mouth. The Scripture says it this way. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart 
that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus Christ, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you came and you died on the cross. You were buried, you arose again, and one day you're coming back, and you have the power to save me. Please forgive me. I turn from my sin. I turn to you. I ask you to have mercy on me and forgive me and come into my life and save me. And when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he'll save you. He'll save you. So the question is, have you enlisted in God's army? Are you on the winning side? So this morning, you're either a friend of God, are you an enemy of God? Have you ever thought about being an enemy of God? That's terrifying. The Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a just God. Now think of that. It's a fearful thing, it's a frightening thing to fall in the hands of a just God. He's going to do what's just. And so today he offers salvation from, from condemnation. And so you need to consider receiving him into your life. So you're either a friend of God, you're an enemy of God, but right now you're going through a spiritual battle perhaps in your life between good and evil. Uh, so what side are you on? Are you on the side of good, righteousness, or are you on the side of evil, ungodliness? Are you, uh, whose side are you on? Are you on God's side or are you on the devil's side? Well, I just don't, I haven't picked a side, Brother Samuel. You've, you've picked a side already. John 8, verse 44 says this, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. He is a liar and the father of lies. He's the father of lies. In other words, he begets lies. He births lies. He's a liar. See? And so, to be a good soldier for Christ, you have to enlist in the army of Christ, and that is by receiving Christ into your life, to be your personal Lord and Savior. So, point number two, you must endure hardship as a soldier. You must endure hardship as a soldier. Now that means that you're going to suffer evil and you're going to suffer trouble and you're going to suffer afflictions while you're in this world. We're going to suffer and we're going to suffer and be persecuted because we're Christians. The point is a soldier in God's army is called on to engage in battle. And so friend, that will not end until death. Our battle will not end until death or until the Lord calls us home, or the Lord comes back for the body of Christ. We're going to be engaged in battle. You're in a spiritual war today. If you're not a Christian, you're in a spiritual war. If you are a Christian, you're being attacked by the devil. We're in a spiritual war. We're going to engage. We're going to endure hardship. There's no rest and relaxation for the person that's in God's army. There's no R and R. There's no four years and the gig is up or six years and it's over with or 20 years and you can retire. It's not that type of enlistment. When you receive Christ in your, in your life and you're part of God's army, that is a permanent enlistment. It's forever and ever 
until God calls you home or he comes back for us. So, you know, the sad thing is that we've had some to sign up and they're AWOL. They're absent without leave. You ever thought of that? They've signed up. They've made a promise to God. But let me tell you something. God knows who they are. God knows where they are. And according to God's word, he's going to discipline them for going AWOL. If the army disciplines you for AWOL, you can count that God will discipline you for going AWOL. He'll bring you back to his ranks. He promises that. So a good soldier will endure hardship. Number three, a good soldier. What does it take to be a good soldier for the Lord? A good soldier will not entangle himself with the affairs of this life. You know, after my induction and my arrival at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for basic training and for my AIT, they gave me a box. And that box, when we went through the induction center, that box was to put all of our personal belongings, all of our clothes in that we wore there, all of our clothes, because uh, our Uncle Sam was going to give us our clothes, you know, and we're all going to wear clothes alike. We're all dressed alike. But that box was to send our clothes back home. And I remember my mother said, I just cried and cried when I got your clothes. And I said, I'm okay. I just, I'm just changing clothes, you know. And, and so a good soldier won't entangle himself in the affairs of this life. That, that simply, when I sent those clothes home, that simply was saying, making a statement that, that I, I don't have anything in the civilian world that's holding me down from serving the commander-in-chief in the, in the United States Army. I, I have nothing holding me back. I, nothing to keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do while I'm serving this commander-in-chief. I mean, I couldn't live at home. I couldn't attend my home church. I couldn't engage in my favorite hobbies. I had to keep myself free from anything that would interfere of being available to obey the commands of the commander-in-chief. And that's the way God's soldier does today. He doesn't entangle himself with anything in the world. Don't get bogged down in this world where you cannot serve God. If you're bogged down where you cannot serve God, you're too bogged down. If you're bogged down where you can't attend church and worship with God's people, you're too bogged down. Don't be entangled to the point where you cannot worship God, serve God, be involved in ministry for God because you're entangled in the world too much if that's happening in your life. So a good soldier doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this life. A good soldier for Christ enlists in God's army, endures hardship, and does not entangle himself in the world. And number four, he pleases the one who enlists him to be a soldier. You know, the Lord had enlisted Timothy to be a soldier. Timothy needs to, to strive to please him who had placed him in the position of trust. Uh, Paul was enlisted, Paul was enlisted, and he was striving to please the one who enlisted him. The word, if you look at uh, chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 4, he says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The word please there is found 
really is found in Genesis 5, verse 22, and it describes Enoch. Enoch pleased God. Remember that passage? And so here's the challenge to Timothy from Paul. This is his challenge from, from God's Word to me, or from God's Word to Terry, or to Chris, or to Richard, or any who are called by his name. This is the challenge. The challenge is, is to be like the Enochs of the world. Those who stood for God in this, and Enoch stood for God in a pagan society, and God raptured him. That's what's going to happen with us when we stand for God. When we stand for God, by standing for God, by pleasing God, if we do the same, you know, we're going to be rewarded at the rapture. We're going to be taken out of this old world. And so a good soldier pleases the one who enlisted him. He pleases Christ. And then number five, a good soldier is a fighter. Look at chapter 4, verse 7. This is a familiar passage that we hear quoted from time to time. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So he glances over his life and he says, I've lived my life as a faithful soldier for the Lord. I have fought a good fight. He'd volunteered to serve Christ, enlisted in the army of Christ. He'd separated himself from the world. He was a soldier totally committed to Christ. He suffered threats and scrapes and wars that had been launched by the enemies of Christ. I mean, he stood the test with Christ. He fought a good fight. That word fight in the Greek is kalos. Kalos, he'd fought the kalos that was his fight was worthy. His fight was honorable. He did what he was supposed to do. He had done his time, so to speak. He stuck to the mission of Christ to the very end. He didn't go AWOL. He stuck to the mission. So a good soldier fights a good fight. And then lastly, number six, a good soldier finishes. See what he said? He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Paul never dropped out of the battle. He finished. He finished. Now, some had dropped out of the battle. 1 Timothy 1, 19 and 20 mentions two guys that dropped out of the battle. Hymenius and Alexander, they were with Paul and they were really serving. All of a sudden, they decide to part company and separate themselves from ministry. And so, but Paul finished well. I, I've been a good soldier. A good soldier finishes. And so this morning I want to challenge you not to be numbered among the dropouts. If you're a believer this morning, if you're a Christian, whatever you do, don't be numbered among the dropouts. A good soldier dedicates himself or herself to keep the oath that they made to their Lord Jesus to keep the oath. Today, some of you who are here, and maybe some viewing by Facebook or YouTube, you need to enlist in God's army today. You need to, first of all, admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you can't save yourself. Admit that if you die without Christ, you have no hope in going to heaven. It's, it's strictly that you'll be going to hell. And you have fair warning today through His Word. Admit that you're a sinner. 
You can't save yourself. Be willing to believe this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ came into the world. John 14.1 simply says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ was part of the Trinity. He stepped out of the Trinity as the Son. He came into this world through the incarnation, the fleshly birth of a virgin called Mary. Came into this world, verse 14, says that He lived among us, came in the flesh. He went to the cross, died on the cross for our sins, my sins, your sins, the world's sins. And the Bible simply says, if you trust what he did on the cross, your sins are forgiven. And you, you trust and believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. And that by believing in the gospel and in him and what he did on the cross, you'll be saved. So Jesus was born, Jesus died on the cross. Uh, it's only through him that we have redemption, forgiveness for our sins. He was buried. He arose again. He ascended to the Father. And one day, he's coming back. And so if you believe that gospel, Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so some of you, no doubt, today need to enlist. You need to receive Christ into your life and be a part of Jesus uh, Jesus. Jesus' army. Some of you have enlisted. Maybe you're absent without leave right now. You're just a hit and miss type of soldier. You know, God knows who you are. He knows where you are. And you can just count on discipline being on, your, being on the way because he's going to bring you back into his ranks. Don't ever forget that. And others may need to come today and say, Brother Samuel, we want to unite with this church. We know we need to be serving God. Or I need to be serving God, and I want to be a part of this church family. So you're welcome to come and make that decision. But God is speaking to hearts today. Let's have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity we've had to open your word and, and see the, the qualities of a good soldier. I've used this passage before, Lord, but uh, it's so simple and it's plain. It's your word. And so, Father, I pray for each person here today. I pray for those who have never enlisted in the army of the Lord. I pray today they would see their lost condition, soften their heart. Let them in some way sense their lost condition, but at the same time realize what happened there on Calvary. Lord, that today they, by faith, would step forward desiring to be saved turning from sin, turning to a person by the name of Jesus, humbling their heart, knowing they cannot save themselves, and calling on Christ to come into their life and forgive their sins, Lord, and justify them, save them. Father, I pray that people who are viewing by other means in their homes, wherever they may be, Father, if they've not received Christ, that they just bow their knees in that living room or wherever they may be, ask you to forgive them and come into their life and save them. And Father, I thank you for this invitation time. It's your invitation. And so, Father, I know at this time that we focused on those who have died on our behalf, Lord, fighting wars for this nation. But Lord, help us just to shift that focus just for a moment and think about Calvary 
and the one who died on that cross that we could have eternal life and the freedom that we can have in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I want to thank you for what you've done for, for us, Lord, there on the cross. And I pray, Lord, that in a simple way that message has been made known today. I pray that people would come as this invitation is given, make the decision they know that you want them to make. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.